Wow, it is, a, it is a joy to be here tonight. And of course, this worship team is amazing. Give them a hand. They're so awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me tonight. I was sitting there. I forgot I was speaking. I was so caught up in the presence of God. And, it's so amazing to be here. And of course, uh, we want you to know at Mount Zion, we just feel like we're just one big family with Brentwood. And of course, we look forward to Sunday night, Brentwood worshiping with us in one big joint worship service to really show this city and show this community what intentional community looks like. So I want to thank you in advance for those of you that will come over and Pastor Mike will be preaching and our teams will be coming together. It's going to be pretty awesome. So thank you so much uh, in advance. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity tonight, and um, without you, we can do nothing. We've gathered today because we need to hear a word from you. Pray, God, that your word will speak to our lives, that uh, we might find purpose and significance, and that we might truly draw closer to you. It's in your name we pray, in the name of Jesus, amen. There is a scripture, um, I want to reference it, and I want to kind of talk about this story that's very passionate, something I'm very passionate about. Uh, it's in the book of Jonah, actually. And in the book of Jonah, the scripture tells us that the word of the Lord came to Jonah and spoke to him and told him to go to Nineveh. And the scripture says that Jonah fled to Tarshish. I'm going to be looking at that and walking through chapter 1, 2, and 3 just for a moment and it really won't be long, but I want you to think about this topic tonight, chosen. When we are chosen, we often don't realize the amazing things that God has placed in our lives. All of us really must understand that we're not here to occupy space. We're not here to just exist. We are here because there is like this amazing thing that God has created us to do. I've often told people that you are born to solve a problem. And if you don't know what that problem is, you become a problem. And so as a consequence, all the things that happen in your life, they're all tied to the fact that there is a moment that God will release you into a specific assignment. But if you don't realize that you are chosen, you'll never really embrace it like Jonah. When you think about being chosen, you can never really embrace it until you really understand how to walk in purpose. It is the question, perhaps the most prolific question that believers have. What is my purpose? Why am I here? Well, you're not here to just occupy space. You're not here to wake up and go to bed and not make a significant contribution. What are you here to do? How do you arrive in it? Let's see if we can walk in this, this just for a moment. Purpose kind of, it manifests this way. First of all, think about it. You were predestined first. Jeremiah says, before I formed you, God says, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Which meant that God was at work before your mother and your father connected, before your grandmother and your grandfather connected. God was pulling all that together, providentially orchestrating all of those connections so that you would get here. God was at work. In other words, it's like a prenatal miracle that God was at work in your life before you actually got here. And so God brought all of those genes together. God brought all of that that you are together, and he wove it into you. He gave you the temperament for what he was going to ask you to do. He gave you the personality for what he was going to ask you to do. He gave you an anointing for what he was going to ask you to do. You were born predestined for that, but you didn't know it. You came into the world with passion. Oh, boy, we all come in the world with passion, right? 
we come in the world with a great deal of passion, and that passion is, is really amazing. And often when people ask us early on, what do you want to be in life? I want to be a fireman, an astronaut, I want to be this and that, because it's just a lot of passion. But then as you begin to mature and you grow, that passion gets more focused and focused and focused. And then there is that moment in settings like this, like Kairos, or settings when you're in school, like I was, when you have the pool. That's what we call the call, when you are separated from your existence, and now you must live an existence that God has preordained for your life. For me, it happened when I was 20 years old. I was on my way to law school. I had it mapped out. My whole life was mapped out. I was going to be the black Matlock. Can you see it? <laughs> had my sea sucker suit. I had it all planned out. And then the pool happened. I was hanging out with my fraternity brothers, and then God said, come here. <laughs> There's something else I'm choosing you to do. Now, I had my plans, but then God has his plans, and so there's the wrestle, right? I'm realizing I'm being chosen for something, but God, you're not agreeing with what I want to do. So God, if you could just come over here and work with me, this will be great. God's like, no, 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 no. I know the plans I have for you. Thoughts of peace and not even to give you a future and a hope. So you come over here and you work with me. You have to stop asking God to actually always bless your plans. Why don't you ask God, may I join you in your work in my life and then bless that? And so that was the pool. And when you're pulled, you know you're pulled because you can't run. You're trying your best. Your flesh will always resist it. That's how you know you're getting closer to purpose because it's something that you don't choose. It chooses you. And then once you are pulled, it inevitably then you go through the season of preparation. Preparation formally, but also preparation informally. Preparation in terms of the world systems and preparation in terms of the kingdom. Because now, God saw us taking you through all of these things you never volunteer for. And everything you go through, interrelated, they are. There's an intersectionality between every event in your life. Every person who comes and leaves, every job that hires you, every job that lets you go, every test you pass, every test you fail, every storm, every trial, every experience, and we know all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according not to their purpose, but to his purpose. So you're being prepared and don't even know it. The moment your heart was broke for the first time, God was preparing you so you can laugh at the next person who does it. I've been there already. Ha. Huh. <laughs> God prepares us for this stuff, right? He prepares us for the place because he will never release you to the place unless you're prepared. And so there it was. And then the word of the Lord comes to Jonah and tells Jonah, go to Nineveh. Now, like Jonah, like Moses, like Jeremiah, we don't often realize that we have been prepared for this. And so when the moment comes, we're like, what? Me? Because you often begin to look at your own inadequacies and you begin to size the assignment up over against your own skill set and say, now, God, that's, no, find somebody else for that. I'm, I, Jeremiah says, I'm too, too young. Moses says, Lord, I'm too old. I've got a stick and a stutter. I have a speech impediment. But God factors in your inadequacies. God factors in your weaknesses. And so, Jonah, you have been assigned to this. You are on earth to solve this problem. There is wickedness in Nineveh. You are assigned to go. Guess what, Jonah? 
you have been chosen. You have been chosen for something that's much larger than yourself. You have been chosen to do something you never would have volunteered for. Nobody volunteers to go to Nineveh. God, can't you send me somewhere much nicer? I mean, I'll go if it's like not as hard as Nineveh, but you're sending me like to the war zone. Nobody's want to listen. Nobody wants to listen about God. That's wickedness spread throughout Nineveh, and you're sending me there. And so Jonah does what the Jonah sitting next to you has done. Ran. Run. You can run, but you can't hide. You run, Jonah, run, and watch what begins to happen. Because when you are chosen, you can't escape your assignment. Oh, I ran. Oh, I ran. I ran. I was going to be a lawyer. I was convinced. I came to Nashville. I'm from Louisiana. I knew nothing about Nashville growing up at Hee Haw. I didn't even know anything. I came to Nashville to go to Vanderbilt Divinity School, and I actually tried to get into the law school and the divinity school at the same time because I was convinced, God, please allow me to do both. And God was like, I'm telling you one more time, your plans are my plans. I'm still trying to run. And there is that moment when you realize <laughs> there's a cost to running. Jonah, the Bible says, Jonah runs, watch it, and Jonah flees to a place called Tarshish and finds a ship. Watch this now. He finds a ship. The Bible says he finds a ship. He goes down in the ship. He pays the fare. He goes, the scripture says he goes down into the ship and he pays the fare. Please hear this. Jonah finds a ship. He goes down in the ship after paying the fare. He finds there is always a ship waiting for the disobedient to ferry them away from the will of God. <laughs> a relationship. <laughs> a friendship. <laughs> a fellowship. And any ship that you get on that's running from God will not be roll, roll, roll your boat gently down the stream. It will be a hardship. And Jonah learns it the hard way. You pay the fare. It is costly. How many years off of your life did it cost you to run from God? <laughs> How many years are you willing to hope you could get back running from God? What did it cost you? It'll cost you your dignity. It'll cost you your values, it'll cost you your esteem. It will cost you running from God. There was always a cost to it. And he goes down, meaning it is always a trip down. It is constantly going down and down and down. And watch what happens. <laughs> Scripture says, we've got a man on the boat now. <laughs> we've got a disobedient man running from responsibility and accountability. He's on the ship. <laughs> He's paid the fare. <laughs> He's on the ship. And they are ferrying, and all of a sudden, this storm comes. I don't want to insult your intelligence. You know the story, but I want to give you the revelation. The storm comes, and the mariners on the ship begin to ask some questions. Uh, who, who are you? Who are your people? What do you do? And Jonah said, watch it. 
Jonah said, I tell you what, I'm, I'm a man running from God. Jonah literally had the conversation. I'm a man who had an assignment. I was chosen, didn't want to do it, so I thought I'd get, hang out with you guys for a while. If you want this storm to stop, throw me overboard. The problem told them that he's the problem. There was never a scenario in your life where the problem will never tell you it's not the problem. The problem will always tell you it's the problem. But you know what happened? The Bible says as soon as Jonah said, I am the problem, throw me overboard, I know you like me. You're like me. You're a softy. I'm a softy boy. Oh, boy, I don't want to throw Jonah overboard. No, 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 no. So the Bible said they roared harder trying to make it work. How often do we continue to try to make a thing work when we have people in our lives who are causing chaos and storms because they are out of the will of God. If a person is out of the will of God, wherever they go, they'll bring a storm in your life. Now, the Bible says in Job chapter 14, man born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. So you're guaranteed trouble. Why add to the trouble you're already guaranteed? <laughs> At some point, you have to tell somebody in your life who's out of the will of God, you know what? We're going to have to deal with this. Jonah is going to have to go through a season of dismissal. That's tough. Is that really the Christian thing to do? To release, to throw Jonah overboard? That sounds so rough. Let me give you an example. Someone, someone asked me uh, in a conference once, I was preaching for Bishop T.D. Jakes, and, and I was, someone asked me, how do, you, how, do you, uh, how do you fire people? How do you break off relationships? Like, like if a relationship is going south and a person is dating, uh, how do you do it with dignity? Or how do you release somebody from a job with dignity? I said, this is how you do it. Pay attention. You know, I just feel it's my spiritual responsibility to release you into your destiny. This ship is holding you back from what God is trying to do in your life. So as long as I hold you on this ship, you and I are going to go down. So I love you too much to hold back your capacity. So today, I release you to your destiny. Somebody's already writing that text message right now. <laughs> now, here's the deal. What about Jonah? What about you? When we get thrown off of ships, please know God is so gracious that the Bible says that God has already made preparations for the disobedient. Because when you're chosen, please hear this, when you're chosen, you're chosen. The gifts of God are without repentance. God says, I'm not going to let you blow this. So the Bible says that he prepared a fish. Now, I know some of your books may say it was a whale. We don't know if it was a whale. It could have been a brim. It could have been a goldfish that God just prepared and blew up. We don't know what kind of fish. All we know is that God made a fish. God made a fish come to the exact latitude and longitude to be in the exact same spot that when Jonah was thrown off a board, the fish caught Jonah. Talk about grace. Jonah can't swim? Talk about God putting me in a situation to protect his investment. You are God's investment, and God is not going to let you go under, even in your rebellious state. Look over your life at how you tried to get out of it, how you tried to run from it, and God 
created a situation like the belly of the whale to hold you. In all of chapter 2, that's what it is. Jonah is in the belly of the whale. What's the belly of the whale? It's that place that's dark. It's that place where seaweed's over your head. It's that place where you can't get a cell phone signal. It's that place where you have to work it out between you and God. It is the place of contrition, reconciliation, repentance. It is the place where you have to declare to God, Lord, okay, all right, okay, God. Uh, uh, if you want me to do this, God, I mean, really, God, like, you must have something in my life because I'm in the belly of a fish and he hasn't digested me. You are, you have me in this space and you are holding me. See, when a person is in the belly of the whale, God is keeping you from certain things. It's an incubator of destiny. And God will have you in that space. Some of you, that's where you are now. Some of you are wondering why. I just can't even find anybody to be with right now. I'm a single person. I'm just over. You're in the belly of the whale. You're not supposed to be with anybody right now. you got to work this thing out with God. That's something much larger that God wants you to do. Some of you, even in your career, your life, God's like, I'm trying to get your attention. And God says, all I'm looking for is one word from you. I'm looking for one word from you. Yes. Not, all right then. No, because all right then means <laughs> I'll open the door, but I still have my foot in the door. No, when God says, I'm looking for a yes, a yes is a Without compromise, full committed, all in. God, if you're ready for me, just like I am, I declare yes. And when Jonah said yes, the thing that was holding him had to release him. Because your yes is always bigger than the thing that's trying to hold you. The fish vomited Jonah up. Jonah is vomited up because whenever you say yes, there is no system, institution, no relationship, nothing that can hinder what God wants to do in your life. Now, let's be clear. I'm glad I'm at Kairos because I can just talk freely to you. Y'all, when Jonah was vomited up, he had vomit on him. He had vomit on him. We don't think God can use people who got vomit on them. <laughs> the vomit is the residue of my past life. God is not trying to use squeaky clean religious people who are the baptized bourgeoisie come together and throw together theological phrases and look sanctimonious and they are holy, holy, holy all the time. There are some people sitting around you today who may have a little vomit on them. The last I checked, the reason why God never used anybody perfect because he never had anybody to choose from. <laughs> and if you ever find the perfect Church, don't join it because you're going to mess it up. <laughs> God specializes in taking our mess and making it a message. So your vomit did not disqualify you. God's going to use your disobedience and your yes as a part of your story when you are chosen. Do not 
divest yourself of that thing that made you who you are. Because when you were vomited up, watch the grace of God. Watch the grace of God. Jonah is swallowed up in the middle of the ocean. While he's working it out with God, the fish is moving and moving and moving. And when Jonah said yes, the fish vomited Jonah up on dry ground. He didn't, he didn't vomit him up back in the water. We still have a problem. I can't swim. He put Jonah on a solid foundation because the fish will deliver you to your destiny. Purpose is the path toward destiny. How did you get here? You look at some people who are doing things in life and they're high level and they're doing them. Ask them sometime, how did you get there? Well, I'll tell you what. It started like this. I was doing my own thing, and then God said, do this. And I said, no, God, then God won. And I found myself in the bed of the well, and so I ended up here. And I'm the most surprised when I go to work because people have no idea how I got here. I just got vomited up, and here I am. <laughs> I've been chosen. And when Jonah gets on dry ground, Three minutes and I'm done. I tell my church this all the time. Three minutes and I'm done. I, when Jonah gets vomited up on dry ground, the Bible says in this amazing verse that will bless you, if you've ever felt like a failure, if you've ever felt like God couldn't use you, if you've ever felt like it was never going to happen for you, chapter 3 and verse 1 says, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. <laughs> Please don't sit here and act like you obeyed him the first time. Thank God that God still speaks a second time. And if I could be honest, I used up my second time a long time ago. I'm done saying he's a God of a second chance. He's just a God of another chance. Because God continues to speak to Jonah. And Jonah's whole story is about what your story is about. It's about being chosen. You are put here for something extraordinary, something amazing. And all of the journey and all of the things you go through, all developing you and preparing you for that moment. And when God says do it, he's factored in everything in you and he knows you can do it. You may not believe in it, but God believes in you enough that he is not going to let you miss this moment. And if nobody else validates you, nobody else affirms you, nobody else appreciates you, remember, many a call. Few. Few. Few are the chosen ones. I close with this. I grew up and I love this story, right? Batman. I, you have to understand something. I love Batman. Even today, I love Batman. And I grew up with a Batman hat, Batman bike, Batman everything. I love Batman. Batman book, everything. And I knew every episode of the original Batman. And some of you are the Dark Knight folks. You have no idea about real Batman and Robin. <laughs> but the real Batman. And one day, Batman got in a fix. The Joker and the Penguin played a trick on him. 
They played a trick on Batman. They had Batman locked up in a safe, had taken his utility belt, and had a time bomb ticking. And they had Robin locked in another room, and a bomb was about to go off. And the television played that unkind trick to be continued. And there I was as an adolescent kid, nervous, going to school the next day. Teacher was teaching. I wanted to know, how that man going to get out? <laughs> I didn't even catch the bus. I ran home, jumped the fence, got in front of the television, and it replayed it all. Batman was locked in a safe, time bomb ticking, utility belt gone, Robin locked in the other room, Joker and the Penguin taking over the city. And all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, Batman gets out of this thing and is standing on top of Gotham City with his cape in the wind. And I'm like trying to figure out how did this happen? How did this happen? How could he go through something so traumatic? I've seen Batman in burning buildings. I've seen Batman in a lot. I've never seen him in something like that. So I asked my dad. I said, Dad, I need you to tell me something. Dad, tell me how Batman got out. My dad said, son, what happened? I, I told him what happened. I said, Dad, I've seen Batman in everything, but never like this. Tell me, Daddy, how did Batman get out? And my dad told me something that if you hear nothing else I said tonight, I hope you hear. Because Batman is chosen like you were chosen. And my dad said to me, son, Batman got out because it was written in the script. <laughs> to God be the glory that you're going to make it <laughs> because it is written in God's script. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for choosing us that we didn't know we were being chosen for the assignment on our lives, for the destiny you called us to. Thank you for every challenge that prepares us, for every assignment that releases us. We give you glory and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give God